Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is banned from ringside. Tonight we have all sorts of predictions to do. We have your day one predictions, your New Year's Evil predictions, your Wrestle Kingdom predictions. Tony Storm has left WWE. Grayson Baller is fighting AJ Styles, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, Jason's giving me the jerk off move. That and a whole <laughs> bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. When all the smart marks watching Raw decide wrestling isn't real, just grab a fifth and smoke your spliff and boo the goddamn heat. Yes! And sitting right across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Why do I have to always follow the big time great fucking intros? This is horse shit. I'm sick of this shit. We're doing things different in 22. On that note, it's Thursday. You know what that means. Allow us to bow your heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 237, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of bfr if you haven't guessed next week i always think of this time last year when this kind of happened it was a huge week of wrestling guess what round two is happening next week i'm amped up stardom by the way was off the fucking chain i can't wait for the beefers because the beefers is going to have some stardom for as far as i'm concerned throwing into that bad boy and out there driving in the rain in a western united states Territories. I think it's a state now. Oregon. Yes, it's a state now. We have two beers, Zach Paul. What's going on, two beers, Yeah, far west in the house. Uh, that was a great intro. And uh, even though I'm not with you guys, just for your visual benefit, I've been doing that jerk-off motion since we started, and I haven't stopped. So. <laughs> we are coming at you from Jason Cornelius Bell's beautiful South City apartment in rainy, cloudy, wintry uh, it's it's not cold enough to have freezing rain it should be snowing a whole bunch i'm saying is it, it ain't raining yet well i drove it was raining okay. a little bit okay See, you, right. you are guys those are i'm on the world yeah. uh, <laughs> so we have a bunch of wrestling to get to uh, a bunch of wrestling to talk about that's going to happen in the next week. I didn't prepare for it. We're going to see how this goes. We're just going to let it fly. Mm-hmm. Zach has to walk into a store here in a few seconds. So this is the fastball edition. We're just going to grip it and rip it. You know, without further ado, let's get to that three count. Jason Cornelius Bell, what's the one count? It seemed like a an innocent afternoon when I looked on Twitter and I saw Britt Baker post a picture of Tony Storm and I said to myself self why is Britt Baker posting a picture of Tony Storm and I looked over on Twitter and I saw Tony Storm was trending so that's usually one of two things it's either either really good or really really bad yeah she she my first thought was she got me too I thought she got released <laughs> <laughs> See, you ain't shit 
So the next thing you know, I'll click on and I see that Tony Storm has left the WWE. So as you all know, I am been a big proponent of Tony Storm. Um, she's done her thing in Ger- Germany, Japan, England before she even graced the steps of WWE. She was two-time finalist in the Mae Young Classic, won it the second time around. She's won the NXT UK Championship. She was the, the longest reigning champion until Kaylee Ray came around. And then she went over to the main roster. And I had my trepidations off the jump. She had the, she was drafted by SmackDown. She had the vignettes. Tony Storm's coming. Tony Storm's coming. This kind of, kind of sounds like Veer's coming, but Tony Storm actually came. We're still waiting for Veer to walk from India to get over to the United States, neither here nor there. That being said, Tony Storm never really came until Survivor Series. It felt like, you know, all of a sudden now we needed Tony Storm and we brushed her off and now we got her for Survivor Series and then she went away. And now Tony Storm came back to wrestle Charlotte just before day one slash Royal Rumble. For me, that was ultimate red flags because it just felt like they were feeding Tony Storm to Charlotte. Obviously, Charlotte beats Tony Storm on last week's SmackDown. Not a great match by any stretch of the imagination. Last, I think it was a roll-up finish, right? I don't even remember. I just was like, just, I, I immediately got mad. I was just like, you know, fuck this shit. Tony Storm's last memory in WWE is basically boohooing in the ring after the defeat. So, depending on who you listen to, who you believe, either Tony Storm asked for her release and then was granted her release, or she just quit, however you want to call it. Either way, Tony Storm's not with WWE. Now, my knee-jerk reaction is good on Tony Storm. If she asked for her release, God bless you for it. This was one of the worst bookings I've seen in a hot minute. We're trying to build a SmackDown Women's Championship around pies being thrown in the face. Come on now. I asked for a little bit more, okay? I don't need you to entertain me. This is about the title. Tony Storm actually talking about winning the title. He had to go. Tony Storm actually had to winning the title is probably what we should have been centered upon. Instead, it was about embarrassing charlotte and that's where i knew ultimately where this was going to go i'm not mad at wwe wwe does its own thing like i said they push their guys their girls whomever the case may be and that's what they're going to do but now the attrition of this is starting to come into play there are as i believe it's only nine women on the SmackDown roster and 11 women on the Raw roster. I'm not including Bailey and Asuka because obviously neither one is available to wrestle. How are you going to run a roster, a women's roster with nine or 11? At this point, I'm like, okay, you know what? It's just time. We just need to have one title. I don't care how you want to do it. If you want to run Becky and Charlotte back at WrestleMania, fine let's just do it the right way because now we're at a point where you don't have enough women to have two separate rosters if they wanted to do the royal rumble that's coming up here in like what a month here downtown at the dome they don't have 
10 more women as it stands to do a 30 man or 30 woman or rumble if you want to do 20 that's great but that's all 20 that would mean charlotte would have to be in becky would have to be in everybody would have to be in and that doesn't make sense now you've gotten to the point where you're being cute and you let everybody go you fucked over tony storm now she's left you're at a point now where you can't really book this thing the way you could slash should. Did you ultimately. say? Did you say there were eleven? Eleven, 11 women, women on, on the on the Raw side, nine on the SmackDown side. If I saw that right. Okay, so the Women's Royal Rumble has always been since its inception has always kind of grabbed from a few legends and some NXT people. Like, they can do it, and they will do it. There's no way they won't do it. I'm not saying that they're not going to do it, okay? That's, WWE is, if anything, headstrong, okay? The show must go on. Right. That said... Santina. Okay, but that said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm looking forward to a Royal Rumble where it's a mishmash of people because now at this point especially on the women's side at this point half the world rumble to me is you know guessing who's going to win if you're eliminating half the the field off the bat that's not fun anymore so dave belzer reported that tony storm left due to burnout okay which is telling uh it's also probably kind of a lie she was also probably she was also probably kind of like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I want to wrestle all these dates for these shit-ass TV appearances when I can go to somewhere else and have better appearances, make, I, I don't know. Maybe probably I, less I, money. but Make, make less money, if but it, not hate it as much. If it's on the line of burnout, then that sounds like it's too many dates for the money that is being paid to her and maybe it's not what she wants to do. Two of the three you can eliminate by just going away from WWE. I mean, the she money asked, is just, she's going to get paid. Like you said, she asked for a release and she got released or she just quit. Sounds to me like she just quit. It's probably easier for WWE to say that she asked for a release and they just let her go. Right. Because then it makes it look like they weren't jilted at the altar. Well, I mean, let's just say that they were. Is it that big of a deal? Is WWE that if you ha If you have a promotion, sensitive? if you have another American promotion that is uh, that is viewed as a place where people go and get rejuvenated, and you have somebody like Tony Storm who's fighting the championship. AEW is a place where okay, people go. Okay, I would think you were talking about WWE. No, no, no. Like, what the no, no. fuck? AEW is a place where, where wrestlers, it seems like wrestlers view AEW as a place where they can go and get rejuvenated. They they go and fall in love with the craft all over again. X, Y, Z. You know, blah, blah, C, blah. CCM Punk. Yes. Shit. Well, see uh, all sorts of people. Well, no, he said it on this promo on Wednesday. So to me, it, it and almost then, felt valid. But go ahead. And your place is seen as somewhere that where people get burnt out, which clearly seems to be the case. That's that seems like a bad sign for WWE. I'm not saying AEW is going to take over for WWE. I'm saying that Tony Storm. The only reason that I wanted to talk about Tony Storm and that that 
Tony Storm is in the three count is because to me it signifies a a, a serious change in the way that people are viewing that wrestlers are viewing their employment status. If this gal who is 25, 26, maybe 27 right. years old. I mean, she's very young. She's been in Japan. She's been in Germany. She's been in England. Uh, I think she's British. She is. Might be Australian. I, th- I thought either Australian or New Zealand. Okay. She is from an English-speaking country. She is a, a blonde woman who is very attractive and who can fucking wrestle. And she had lots of experience before she went to WWE. If she comes to WWE, has a televised match against WWE's crown jewel woman wrestler, Charlotte Flair, for the title, wrestles 14 minutes, gets rolled up. It's not even like she got squashed. I mean, she had a competitive match. I know I saw you on Twitter saying that you just saw her. You We just saw Tony Storm sealing in WWE, I I would have disagreed with that at the time <laughs> because it, it, listen, if she was still in WWE, I would say something to the effect right now of we'll see how it plays out. No, I would have said that she earned something in defeat. Sounds like let's see how it plays out to me. But go ahead, you just twisted that shit. That's she not, earned something. I mean, that's defeat. not your okay, er, er, okay, look, then, it Looking better in defeat is not the same as okay, let's just see how it okay, plays out. But this is. N- Did you want her to win the title on SmackDown? Oh, she wasn't going to win. I know. So that's not. Let's just see so how then, it plays so out. Then, it's not the same thing. So then, tell me, it's not the same thing. So then, the next best scenario is to have Tony Storm look as strong as possible in the loss, and they couldn't do. Oh, that. I think getting rolled up. And not losing to a finisher, getting rolled up is looking strong in a loss in the 14-minute televised SmackDown loss. SmackDown let's is, not, the, is the key word in that. Okay, let's, let's not let's no, not digress. Fair. Let's no, not digress. Fair. Too much. That's fair. No, that's fair. <laughs> to me. To me, this feels like a sea change. Maybe not a sea change. Maybe it's just a moment in time that we might look back on and be like. This is when people start saying, "Well, fuck you, WWE." Even though Kyle O'Reilly kind of did. That's what I was going to say. I think his they, contract was up. Right. Tony Storm's contract was wasn't up. up. Tony Storm just said, Peace. you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good on you. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck right. you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. Exactly. And that's basically what it boiled down to. And that's what I like so much about it is because ultimately she took her own destiny in her own path, in her own hands, and just said, you know what? I'm going to sit these 90 days out, and then in 90 days, we'll figure it out. If it is burnout, she want, she might have to sit out longer than 90 days. I don't want to see another Kylie Ray episode come down where she comes in, comes out, comes in, comes out. Get your shit right, and then come back in if you want to come back in. If you don't, then don't. Either way, I think this 90 days is going to give her a little reflection, hopefully rejuvenate her, get her back into play. I don't want her to go to AEW. I've said it already. Actually, AEW might be a decent destination. Impact would be better because I think she would be a better fit for the Impact roster. Stardom is always in play, but I don't think she goes back across the water. There have also been some other... Like there was a carrying cross killer cross interview mm. that came out recently where killer cross was talking about the confusion that happens when you go from NXT to the main roster. And there's this confusion that happens because 
they're two different promotions, basically. I, I know that they're all WWE, but they basically are two different promotions. They're run by different well, people. Say, then it was. Now it feels like it's basically the same philosophy. One is a developmental brand. The other is the main roster. I would love to talk about... I would love to dispute you on that because this week's NXT uh, encouraged me about how good it could be. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not... Okay. All right. Well, no, we'll, no, we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here yeah, in a we'll second. Talk, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah, we'll, 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 you know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, well, I think... I don't know if Zach's out of the story yet, but... No, I was going to say, let's just talk about Karrion Cross for 30 seconds, because, I mean, I think this is kind of the disconnect between what we expect, what I look for, what the wrestlers expect, what the talent expects, what they're looking for. Basically, the Kieran Cross interview was centered around his Raw debut against Jeff Hardy, where he eventually gets rolled up within two minutes, and everybody that's looking from the outside in is like, okay, what the fuck just happened? Not only did Kieran Cross lose, he lost by a, you know, a fluky-ass roll-up. What the fuck? So, Kieran Cross, in this interview, says that he and Jeff Hardy meet backstage. He knows he's going to job to Jeff Hardy. No big deal. Hey, I like Jeff. You know, he's one, you know, somebody I look up to. You know, he has his interest. He goes into the ring. It's supposed to be a 10-minute match. And then the referee comes up to him and says that you're down to 90 seconds. Okay, how the fuck are you supposed to book a 10-minute match down to 90 seconds? Clearly, they did the best that they could. But ultimately, that's the result that we saw. And everybody's like, okay, what the fuck's going on? Multiple questions from that point on. To me, that is an indictment just on the system itself. You can't have guys going out there and deciding, okay, here's this 10-man match. I think I got something that's going on. And then at the 11th and a half hour and say, no, you've got 90 seconds. Figure this shit out. That's a bunch of horse shit. That's a part of the reason why Karrion Cross didn't get over on the main roster. You can't you can't set people up to to succeed like that. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, but I mean, there there's so many more factors that go into it on the main roster, and I'm not a, I'm not a make I'm not apologizing for the main. I'm not apologizing for Vince. I'm not apologizing for Michael P.S. Hayes. Looks like you got your sword and shield I'm, over there. I'm not apologizing for Nick Khan. What I'm saying is they have uh, a network TV partner that's not as forgiving as AEW's network TV partner, so it seems. They have way more advertisements. They have way more in-show advertisements. And who knows what the fuck the conversations were. Who Who knows what they were shaving those nine minutes for to save time for. I don't think that necessarily means that they were saying, let's motherfuck Karrion Cross." I'm not saying that either. Maybe they were. Maybe they were. Maybe they were. I'll just say maybe this. They were. Maybe they were. They could have been. I'll just say this. That's not how you get talent over. Well, that's true. Let's get to that. <laughs> All right. The two count, two beers on the road. He's with us. But he's on the road. So um, I'm going to leave the two count. The two count is going to be AEW, Rampage, and Dynamite. And we'll start with Rampage. And the big story coming out of Rampage um, Mm. 
was Hook. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the big story coming out of Rampage was Cody beating Sammy Guevara to become the three-time TNT champion. Uh, this seems to me almost like a Bo Dallas situation to where Cody is... Cody doesn't know he's a heel. It's... It's not exactly Bo Dallas because Bo Dallas was like comedy, but it seems to me like they don't know that Cody's a heel. That might change in the next coming weeks, but he wrestled as a heel throughout that match. Do you disagree with that? No, no, no. When you say they don't think he's a heel, who do you mean by they? I mean kayfabe style. Cody does not believe that he's a heel. And that's heel mentality. One-on-one. Heel mentality, but he's not doing heelish shit necessarily. No, he he is. He he did wrestle as a heel in that match. I agree with that totally. Um, Zach, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I am actually pretty invested in this version of Cody. I mean, like, there's a lot of people that want to act like he booked himself to be a three-time champion, but, like, the dude doesn't have the pencil. Like, he doesn't book shit. Like, that's Tony Khan. And even though I am a little worried, like, what happens to Sammy Guevara, which is Mm -hmm. kind of the things that you kind of, like, say whenever somebody loses a title, especially, like, as quick as he did. But it, it, it was a little bit refreshing because, you know, you had this baby face beating this monster heel, and then at the same time, you know, getting some recognition. It's also refreshing because it's a shorter reign. It's a little less predictable um, because they tend to do longer reigns, so having a short one every now and then is kind of cool. And also, I just got to be honest, as much as I love Sammy Guerrero and I think he has, like, this amazing future, I think it's way more interesting television. I think Cody's a much more compelling character right now. And I think it's very fun to have this character who is getting booed and kind of doesn't know why. He's kind of like uh, uh, the protagonist of Bill's uh, novel. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he just feels like he he's doing the right things and he's an all-American boy and why would they boo me kind of thing. But he's very aware of it. Like, there's a little inside cuts and jabs and it's all over the place and this is like very intentional and uh, I'm here for it. I think it's exciting and Timmy Rivera's got a long career ahead of him and I think this is just more compelling television. Uh, Shout out to my novel Marked Out which is not published yet but it will be coming soon and uh, all of you if you plug in the promo code BFR you still have to pay full price. That's right baby. I mean it's taking forever. (laughs) Your boy's got to get his grip. I got to pay somebody to fucking edit it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He's got to get that bag. I'll just I'll go on the flip side because that was to me the the, the other side, you know, Cody winning was, you know, I, the the knee jerk reaction was like, wow, you know, I, I can't believe they pulled the trigger, even though last week we kind of we kind of thought about well, we kind of talked about it and I thought I saw something about it, but I kind of turned away really quick. But ultimately, what I thought I saw end up happening. I'm not saying I'm worried about Sammy, but. You know, now what's next? I mean, that to me is the ultimate question because it's always uh, no, it's always what's next. I ain't worried what, about Sammy at all. I'm not saying I'm worried about him. Okay, I preface this by saying I'm not worried about Sammy, but what's next? What's Sammy going to do now? Obviously, he's going back to you Goldberg. Know, 
<laughs> no. <laughs> After he goes, uh, he's going you know, get his rematch for the TNT title. I expect him to lose that match. If he loses that match, then what? If he wins that match, then what? I think he's in that gray area where if other guys, and this is not a knock for AEW doing what you're supposed to do. If Brian Danielson comes along, you got to get him. When Adam Cole comes along, you got to get him. There is so much stuff for Sammy Guevara to do that I am like, that's, I'm not worried about, when I say I'm not worried about him, I'm not saying I'm not worried about him as a talent. I'm not worried about him in terms of booking either. So you take a couple months and he fucking has a feud with, I don't know, fucking Pillman or MJF or somebody like he can do. There's so many different ways or the acclaimed. He can go, he can go so many different ways where he can buy his time, stay on TV or you know what? Take a couple months off. Like, I don't know what that does to his money. I'm sure he's on salary, but this is not something that I'm worried about. Sam Guevara is over. Sam Guevara oh, yeah. is talented. He's Jack. young. He's Jack. good looking. He is. He's got his thing with the the Bob Dylan, uh, you know, cards the signs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not worried about Sam Guevara. It was the right move to put the to put it on Cody Rhodes right now. And that has nothing to do with CM Punk. It has nothing to do with Brian Danielson. I, I, I was going to go more with Miro because. It, you know, Sammy takes it off a of Miro. If you wanted to kind of do it like that, I would almost rather you have Miro run it up to Cody, have Cody take it off a of Miro. Mean, if I had the pencil, I would prefer him to, you know, win a couple feuds going forward from here. You know, I would rather have him run through the acclaimed, maybe both of them. I would rather We're have talking him about Sammy. Sammy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I figure it's going to happen, but it feels like. I I do want, I do I'd rather want, it go like that versus it just an immediate title rematch. I do want to shout out to the match though because the match was one of Cody's best matches on AEW thus far. It was fun. It was action packed and made complete sense every single step of the way. I loved it. True crossroads to put down Sammy Guevara. I mean, at that point, I was like, okay, yeah, fuck it, you got him. <laughs> uh, God damn it! There's not a whole lot we want. We have to talk about about Rampage, unless you guys want to talk about Hook, who the crowd is super behind. Okay, Two Beer, you're the you're the big time resident AEW mark of this bunch. Hook no sells the I guess Mishinoku driver for about lack of a better word. Is that good or bad? Uh. I would say, like, overused, bad. Um, to pop a crowd like it did, um, I think it, it's fine. I'm, I'm not going to blow it out of proportion. Uh, it was a little bit, um, you know, like it kind of takes you out of the moment because the Bear Bronson or whatever is like such a bigger dude and Hook's a smaller dude. Um, yeah, I'm totally here for Hook. I'm surprised we haven't talked about him more, but we don't dive into Rampage as much as often um he's only had two matches yeah that's where and that's where he's been but yeah i mean his debut is great he's super smooth in the ring he just like oozes cool like i want to be hooked when i grow up Uh, (laughs) i I will say that yeah you probably shouldn't know sell a mission driver right i thought it when it happened, I was just like, oh, really? Okay. I mean, for me, it's not the end of the world, but 
the size difference is the biggest thing that I was kind of taking away from it. Bear Bronson is not a small dude, okay? I would like, in my world, if I had the pencil, Hook could stay down for a few seconds, sell the move. And then if you want to pop up and finish the match the way they finished it, okay. When he popped right back up, a lot of people were saying that's a callback to Taz when he used to do that. I didn't see Taz in that scenario. I wasn't an ECW kind of guy. If that's the case, okay, I get that. If that's the case, that's a little too inside baseball. That's... It was, I mean, there is, like, Taz used to do that. It didn't immediately strike me from Taz, but I saw, like, a gif of it on Twitter, and I was like, oh, yeah, he did used to do it. It reminded me of, like, I mean, Sting used to and, like, still does do it, but, like, Sting is Sting. Yeah, Sting And is- I remember... Um, Hawk used to do it all the time. Mm. Um, and it popped the crowd. Like, it always pops the crowd. Like, you know, Sting does the thing where he no-sells and beats his chest. And that's just a thing. But he's also a bigger guy, too. Yes, yeah, Sting uh, did it but, as a main eventer. I mean, that's also what Taker does when he, like, sits straight up. You know? Yeah. That's, you know, that's what you do when you are a main eventer. And I know that... Sting oh, oh. set Sting cut a promo this week that said uh, every single match I fought was a the main, main event, event match. match. That's how I treated everyone. I really like that Sting promo, by the way. <laughs> coming around what? on Sting. I'm coming around on Sting. I think he has a. I think he has a big future ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> it only took thirty years for Bill to come around. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, so let's let's start on. Uh, Dynamite. Uh, it started off with that five-on-five five match. I- I'm just going to lay it out right now. My big problem with this week's Dynamite is that there were so many multi-man matches. There were uh, three big-time multi-man matches, if I'm remembering correctly. it was There was five-on-five five to begin with, which was the Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express versus the Matt Hardys and... Uh, he said the Matt Hardys. Come on, man. Private Party is their own separate entity for the M- MFO. Sake. What are they called? called- Hardy Family Order. HFO. <laughs> you know what I was talking about. Then they had uh, Kingston and LAX. Kingston and LAX versus 2.0 and Garcia. Mm-hmm. And then the main event was basically the best friends versus Undisputed Era. Okay. Yeah. Three. Okay. So that's three big multi-man matches. All these matches were very entertaining, but they kind of lose their luster after a bit. Like, if you want... This is not why I'm watching AEW, basically, is what I'm saying. I like watching AEW because there's less matches that have little on the line other than furthering a storyline. Zach, am I wrong? Uh, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, that's totally like a valid opinion. I I was kind of taken aback by the first match being a uh, five on five. What? But they did tell the they did tell the story between Jurassic Express and the Lucha Bros. Oh my god, that was yeah. great. He said your valid opinion. <laughs> yeah, no. Boy, <laughs> allow me to defend AEW. He was just <laughs> just patting my head from fifteen hundred miles away. Just patting my head. Oh, that's a valid opinion, no. Bill. <laughs> now step aside and let me talk about my favorite promotion. <laughs> Sorry, two people. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, 
No, like, uh, no, I, I definitely thought the same thing about the first match because, you know, I turn it on and I'm like, holy shit, there's 10 dudes. I'm like, there's like, is there 10 dudes in this match? And then there was like another dude outside. No, it was like three more outside. It was Tully. Uh, which one was uh, the Blade and Georgia, whatever the other dude is from uh, Dark. It was like, th- it was literally like 15 people right. at the ring. At one time, I'm like, this is fucking nuts. And there's one referee. Come on, dog. How's that going to work? Yeah, it was uh, kind of surprising. I know that they, they bookend usually with, like, kind of bigger stars. I think if you flip-flopped it, because the party match is always fun, like, in the middle, and this is definitely, like, a party match. Like, I think if you flip and you put the the Kingston and Garcia um, in 2.0, like, that one in the front, it's kind of less um, no. less of a thing, but... To start out with this, it was just there was just a lot going on. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that at all. The match was good though, and of course it, it was you know, fun as fuck. Storylines, but yeah, it, it really was a, a lot, and you can tell that they're trying to further storylines and just keep as many people on screen without having a ton of segments as possible. It's um, the tough tough act to balance, I think. But yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. And the heat between the heat between Phoenix and Jer or Jericho, sorry. <laughs> the heat between the heat between Phoenix and Christian seemed organic, and like now they're having a title match next week, which I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see Jurassic Express versus Lucha Brothers next week, dude. That's that fucking. That's another card okay. that's gonna be loaded. So Eddie Kingston and LAX they fight two point and Garcia and Y2J comes out and makes a save. This apparently pisses off Eddie Kingston because he's Ron Burgundy. I guess he doesn't like it. He doesn't like he's so masculine. I love Eddie Kingston, but like, why would this bother you? Like the guy's making Be a, a man, save. baby, man, man, back up off my shit. He was like, look, I got this. He was like, these are my boys. Back up. My, this ain't got shit to do with you. My big takeaway from this is that I look forward to Eddie Kingston versus Jericho as a feud that is a feud that should happen in in 2022 AEW I just still think that LAX is being underused as they're one of the best tag teams in the world and they are constantly used as fodder or as just like pawns in the game of bigger feuds Jason, I see you nodding, uh, so I'm going to call to you first because I can tell you agree with me. Totally agree with you. If it's not the inner circle now, it's to further the Jericho-Eddie Kingston feud. Okay, so if you want to play the, oh, they're the number four ranked team in the world, that's fine, but I mean, Lucha Brothers really aren't going, they haven't been defending up until they're going to defend next week. Fair enough. There have been time after time after time. I I think they've had one title shot, if I'm not mistaken, and they lost. I think it was against the Bucks. Sounds right. Feels right. If that, it's either that or FTR, one or the other. I want to say it's the Bucks. Either way, there's no reason in the world that Santana slash Ortiz should be taking a pin in this scenario. If, God forbid, if it's anybody, it should be Eddie Kingston. He's the most bulletproof of the bunch, number one. And number two, if you really wanted to have him come out, have Jericho come out and have Eddie pissed off, now he has more so of a reason to be pissed off. He's gotten screwed not once, but twice. 
Now you're coming out late, by the way. I mean, come on. How long? You're in the back and it just took you this long to get out here after the fact? Neither here nor there. Doesn't matter. You come out late after the damage is done. Yeah, Eddie Kingston's going to be mad. He's pissed off he's lost. And now here comes your boy late to the party and now trying to save the day while you're, everybody's singing Judas. I'd say kayfabe style that kayfabe Eddie, style. Eddie Kingston is in the wrong here. What do you think, Zach? Well, I agree with you about uh, Santana and Ortiz. I uh, really am kind of surprised, and I know that they have a ton of tag teams in AEW, but um, it really does seem like, I mean, they were part of the kind of hottest act of the pandemic era. I mean, the inner circle was pretty great, but at the same time, nothing was super central around them, so it I will it, echo those. It makes me wonder if there's some sort of injury we don't know about or some sort of time restraint that we don't know about. Anyway, go ahead, Zach. I know there was a, a thing, I think like it was Santana's, mm-hmm. like he had his father pass away and like he had a couple people pass away, like, it, you know, pretty rapid succession. I know he was off TV for a little while, but um, I don't know. They're, they're super talented and uh, I don't care how or why, like, I think it's probably just egos, you know, like uh, they, you know, at the end of the day, they both have big egos and big um, Eddie Kingston and Jericho that is um, have these egos that they need to protect. And I don't care how or why, but I'm totally here for that feud. Um, I would love to see it. And uh, yeah, I think Kingston should get one of those rare Jericho singles wins that don't go out there too often. I totally agree with that. I was going to say if it, if there's bulletproof in AEW, Chris Jericho is that he's basically I can't even say he's done it all, but it feels like he has done it all in AEW. It's, it's now at this point, what more can Chris Jericho do? Let me ask you this, um, just as a general question. Shoot. Do you think we ever see Eddie Kingston as heavyweight champion of AEW? <laughs> Zach, you can My go, knee-jerk uh, reaction uh, is to say no. Your knee-jerk reaction is to say no. What do you say, Zach? Uh, yeah, I would lean no. I would lean no too. That sucks. Uh, it sucks, but I'm telling you, if it happened, it's a it would be a mankind kind of moment for lack of a better term in AEW. Yeah, I think that's fair. If you if you could set it up right and have like an MJF kind of guy or MJF period, you know, be the champ, be overconfident, have a, a you know a six nine month title run. You know, and somehow, some way, it comes up to where now Eddie Kingston has gotten this title shot. MJF will definitely, you know, run him down and be like, no, you have no chance. You have no chance. And then you'd flip it. Now you have something to work with. I'll buy that. Uh, MJF, speaking of MJF, he came, up, he came up in the next segment. MJF and company uh, were teasing <laughs> a Wardlow uh, turn, which has not happened yet. But you can tell it's coming. And... Predictable is not always bad. This is this is what we want. This is, well, this is what I want. I won't speak for you guys, but MJF cut an incredible promo. Just an incredible promo. The guy is a promo machine. It was two different promos in one little segment. It is. It was so. It was so good, and I can't really remember the. I I just have a plus written next to it, uh, but I. MJF is firing on all cylinders. 
Go ahead, Tuber. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll let you do, take this. Yeah, I mean, I I do enjoy that we are getting to what seems to be, um, you know, the rise. We're in the rising action here of the MJF and Wardlow feud um, that has been eventual and oncoming, and um, it's great. It's long term storytelling. The longer you hold off, the more animosity can build and you know ferment. So I am looking forward to that. And yeah, dude, like he it's just a highlight of the show. The guy has an amazing talent and he's smart enough to not be out there killing his body even though he's young. Um, you know, it's just increasing his longevity by only wrestling every so often, but obviously staying in great shape in the meantime. Um he's just uh I'd say he's not better than us and we know it, but he's smarter than us. And, uh, I mean, I know it. Hold on a second, Zach. There was two things that I wanted to kind of chime in on that uh, MJS segment, which, like you said, it was absolutely amazing. Number one, Wargo was like the, the biggest takeaway from that segment for me, especially when he they were talking about the contract part when mjf was talking you wargo is like in the background if you wanted to go like six months eight months nine months back you could see wardlow literally right behind mjf wherever mjf went wardlow was really one step behind and now instead of Wardlow, you have Sean Spears being basically the back of MJF. And now Wardlow is in the uh, the promo. He was sitting down, you know, basically, you know, rolling his eyes or whatever, you know. Yeah, whatever, MJF, you know, talk that shit. When the TNT title portion came up where he was like, you know, I would have to give up the TNT title. He was like, you know what? That's where you really now is starting to see if it wasn't already a little evident, which it kind of is. It's even more so evident now the split is getting ready to happen. The question is, would it have been better? And this is for everybody. If Wargo wins the title, is it better that he takes it off of Cody or would it have been better if he takes it off of Sammy? Cody. Two beer. Uh, I think I think Cody. Yeah, I no, think I agree. Cody beating somebody like Sammy, yeah, is different than like uh, an up and comer or something. Because Cody and Sammy, it's kind of funny. Uh, we didn't mention it. That was the first dynamite match. Right. Was Cody versus Sammy? Yep. Uh, let's talk about Dan Lambert coming out with. <laughs> Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. <laughs> this, this, this was a big time heat segment because nobody got cheered because <laughs> Dan Lambert comes out and uh, I have to I I don't get on wrestling Twitter all that much but I have to say that I agree with Two Beers Axe Dan Lambert take one hundred percent which is listen. The guy makes me laugh. The guy is fucking entertaining. The guy is incredible. Obviously, I think this is a quote from Zach's tweet. Obviously, he gets it. Right. Like, he knows the business. Right. He's incredible. Him making fun of Brandy was so good. 
And then Brandy comes out and gets her ass booed too. Off the jump. Nobody. <laughs> She's supposed to be the. In, in grand scheme, kayfabe style. She's supposed to be the baby face. And she came out and got booed off well, the she's jump. Associated with Coach. She's oh, associated with Cody. Oh, I laughed my ass off. I thought it was goddamn comedy. Uh, he oh, did, man. Go ahead, Zach. I laughed. I laughed out loud a couple times. I mean, this thing was kind of a train wreck, but I laughed mm-hmm. out loud a couple times. And <laughs> dude, whenever, I, I mean, I thought it was a nice line that she called him a cheap-ass Paul Heyman, and then he countered by saying he prefers First Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette said, thank you. It's an he incredible line. gets it. You know what? And this goes back to what Zach said either last week or a couple weeks ago. I can't remember which one, but Zach said, you know, it wasn't all that long ago in the history of wrestling when you could completely acknowledge other promotions and it wasn't considered a big deal. And I feel like AEW is bringing that back. Now, maybe that's me being an AEW mark, which I unapologetically am an AEW mark. I'm not a fucking yeah, I'm, a mark. I'm a mark for all good things. I'm a mark for <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, a, I'm a mark for anything that's good. Yeah, I'm a mark. Um, what? What you said? You were a mark for what? Uh, Blowjobs, good steaks, uh, beer, all kinds of stuff. I'm all a mark. all check, those things. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a fan <laughs> of all those things. So I like stuff that's good, and uh, this was good stuff, Jason. No, no you, uh, like you real said, quick, go, the go line that he said, real quick, the line whenever he said that he would rather be back wrestling Jericho and having his ball stapled to his leg than listen to Brandy's voice. Dude, say it. that's what I'm saying. I mean, Incredible. Dad, you know, Brandy's, you know, not can't be, you know, her real name is her stripper name. And now Eat the Page comes in, you know, not not just, you know, maybe a former stripper or, you know, whatever he said. The whole segment really melted in very well. Unfortunately, it just didn't. I guess resonate, I guess, for a lack of a better term for the fans, because you just got a bunch of heels in the ring and all you're doing is doing what we ask you to right. do. But is that's only the heels. that's only for the fans that are there. And there's way more fans that aren't there that are enjoying the fuck out of it. Dan, no, Dan, don't Dan, get Lambert, me wrong. Dan Lambert, I said this last week, Dan Lambert needs to take a few breaths in between lines because otherwise none of them land. That being said, sitting at home and watching it, this I get, is good. I get okay. them all. I get okay. them all. <laughs> Speaking of uh, strippers, uh, Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill came out. Jade Cargill came out to fight Thunder Rosa. Uh, Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill with smart Mark Sterling, who I like a whole bunch. Uh, she was fighting Thunder Rosa. I love that act, by the way. Jade Cargill and smart Mark Sterling. Whoever put those, whosever idea was to put those two together was very smart. It's very smart to put together a completely gorgeous, tall, put together black chick with a white nerd that she would never fuck, but who's also very good at promos. That is, that is so smart to me. I, I don't know whose idea it was, but I uh, golf platform man, <laughs> they're fucking awesome. <laughs> that, I, I mean, I called him a nerd 
because no. I think that Jay Cargill would fuck me. She would. She would probably. She I mean, would. she'd probably be pretty turned on by it. Uh, I'm wearing. I'm wearing sweatpants. Did you see my white? My yeah, new white yes, Reeboks. Yes, I did. Yeah. I was getting okay. ready to comment yeah, on those. Christmas present. They'll Thank say, you. "God bless you." Don't don't wear those motherfuckers out here too long. You might get jumped on. <laughs> um, I'll be the first to admit it. I called him out. You know, months ago when they first got together, and I was like, "There's no way, way." I was like, "There's no way." That they're going to keep these two together. There's no way that Mark Sterling is going to be her manager from this point on. You know, now it's at the end of 2021. I'm eating my words. Jay Cargill is in the finals. And then you had the Swerve or Swerves where you had a mystery figure take out Thunder Rosa on the way to the finish. In my head, I'm like, okay, this is Britt Baker. They're going to get, make this thing happen right now. Ah, uh, contraire, move frere. Mercedes Martinez uh, is finally uh, going to get uh, her uh, fucking just due. Signed to AEW, takes out Thunder Rosa. So now we're probably getting ready to have a Thunder Rosa Mercedes Martinez feud. Ooh, wee. Can't Two wait. great workers. What do you think, Zach? Uh, yeah, I think Jade was very exposed in this match. Um, is, as we know, Super Dream, and Thunder Rosa is really good, uh, but couldn't quite carry her to a good match. And I'm was thinking that this was Jade Cargill's title, but I feel like it can't be. Um, it would just be uh, it'd be too much for her right now. Um, she can still come off as like a monster, and she can lose in the finals, um, but. She's just got. She's got a great presence. She's got a great look. She acts like a star. She's got to wrestle some more, and you know that is what it is. I cannot imagine Jade Cargill not winning this belt. I think there's too much upside, and I I I could be wrong, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit by thinking that they're going to think like me, but Jade Cargill. I understand that she's green in the ring and the match with Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa carried the whole thing. I get it. But if you're trying to get eyes on the product and you're trying to make a star, Jade Cargill is that star. Yeah, I agree with two beer. I'm on the two beer side on this one. I think Jade has so much upside. She will be a W women's champion at some point. Maybe at the end of 2022. Let's see how it unfolds. I'll I'll go with, you know, let's see how it plays out with AEW before I ever say it with WWE ever again. Sure. That being said, I agree with Two Beer. It was, it was a good match. It wasn't great. Thunder Rosa couldn't carry her, carry her being Jade in spots where you probably needed her to be carried. Jade is really green. This is Ruby Soho's title to lose i'll go that far okay i expect ruby soho to win this it's not even it's not a knock against jade this is going to be something that you can use in her long-term storyline to elevate her to that next step could she be tbs champion yeah should she be probably not she has bigger fish to fry Thunder Rosa has bigger fish to fry. This is not their league. 
they set it up to where now you have Ruby Soho, who just got here. She feels like she should be the first TBS champion. You can get, you know, you know, some three or four women around her. You can work that out. Thunder Rosa, Jade, Britt, that should be the world championship picture. CM Punk cuts a promo, and CM Punk says that basically him and MJF are done with each other. MJF also alluded to it at the beginning. This is uh, different to me because usually wrestling feuds go until they're done through you a have match. a match, and then they're done. Right, and they have decided not to do this. Zach, is that okay with you? I think they're both being disingenuous. I think they're going to get on each other's nerves again, and it's going to happen. I don't know if it was like a decision to pivot due to certain storylines that like Tony is preferring or putting precedence on. Maybe he wants Max or Punk to do something else uh, for the time being, or if this was kind of the plan all along to kind of slow burn and maybe just make wise cracks every now and then and you know they're both of their promos um it is interesting um it is different and if this is all it is it's disappointing uh but i don't know that this is all it is i think i did not get the impression that it's actually over i don't think that this is all it is i just i just think it's a new way to go in about a feud i mean it's a we're so programmed we're so programmed to have guys feud and then have a match and guys feud and have a match so this is a strange way to go about it we literally call it a program like we are to call feud programs you know right i'm not i'm not against it their paths will cross it's just what it will be the straw it's kind of long-term storytelling yeah for sure that's what we want right Punk said it at the end of his promo, you know, I'm not going to sit here and worry about MJF, but I'm not going to let him have the easy path to the TNT title, the world title, right. whatever the case may be, I'll be there to somewhere. It, yeah. And that's where I think ultimately MJF and Punk have their match. All right. And the main event was the best friends of the Orange Cassidy versus... I don't even know what to call him. The undisputed <laughs> era. I mean, it was Red Dragon and Adam, Adam Cole, Cole baby. baby. There you go. And this story uh, did not play out the way that I thought it was going to. Kyle O'Reilly accidentally kicked Adam Cole and the Young Bucks got into it with them. I thought they might have been a little bit more clever with this. Jason, am I wrong? I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I just, Thank I, you. That's nice to hear. I don't, I just, I, <laughs> it's it's kind it of again. it's Say kind it of again. weird. I don't think that you're wrong. It's kind oh. of weird that you know you have two guys that you came in, not even came in with, but now are on your side and saying that hey, you know what's up with Fish? What's up with Kor? It doesn't feel right, but you still go off with them. And then throughout the course of the match, you know, even backstage, they, you know, they referenced, um, you know, their NXT days. You can go Ring of Honor days if you wanted to. I love the fact that AEW, like you said, they 
they acknowledge the fact that other universes are out there versus the one soul universe that's WWE. When the mask unfolds, you see Kyle Riley push, push. You see Kyle Riley push Adam Cole baby aside, but then on the flip side, he accidentally kicks Adam Cole, and then that's when the Bucks come out. Brandon Cutler, you know, runs the distraction. Blah blah blah. To me, I, I love the fucking angle just because Adam Cole is the one in the middle. You have the past. You have literally his two past, past and present. If you want to, you know, throw NXT in this Joker, let's do it for just the sake of argument. And he's in the middle. What does he ultimately do when Kenny Omega comes back? Does this change everything? It is so much intrigue that it almost, for me, it almost took away from the match because then I was thinking, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? That to me was the deal. I love the match. What's happening behind what's going on in the, behind the scenes, what's going on moving forward, that to me is what I to like be, to what talk do you about. Think? Yeah, uh, match is good. I do like the intrigue. Uh, like Jason said, I agree 100% that it is refreshing, again, that we're not ignoring what happened in other companies because everybody who's a fan knows uh, where these guys came from. I think everybody, I mean, the majority um, know where these guys came from. They know that history. Uh, not ignoring it is the smart move. And I think building the intrigue uh, is a smart move, especially in just a planning sense. Like, just see where the crowd takes you, right? See what people want, because ultimately it's giving people what they want. It's not giving, it's not always giving people what each might think uh, creatively would be the most fulfilling or whatever. Uh, they're like here to make money and to make fans happy. So, like, See where the crowd's leaning, and you know sometimes you can go against the wind, uh, you know, for the sake of a bigger payoff later. But against you know where the where do the fans <laughs> where do the fans want to see Adam Cole? Do you they want to see against the wind? Can, can be, yeah, in the super quick, or do they want to see you know undisputed era two point oh? Sorry, I love Bob Seger. <laughs> don't do that again. Oh, don't great. do that again. <laughs> like, certainly don't say still the same. <laughs> Jesus, man. Or old time rock and roll. We ain't got all night, goddamn. Goddamn, I love Bob Seger. Um, didn't mean to cut Zach off, uh, but <sighs> I love Bob Seger. Uh, I like this match. I like that they're taking a, a slower approach with it. I, I You know, I have... Kyle O'Reilly's thoughts that aren't necessarily good. Like, I think that Kyle O'Reilly is Bobby Fish about 10 years younger. Like, he is never going to be a main eventer. They tried to make him a singles main eventer in NXT, and he's just not there. He just has no no promo skills. Okay. There's nothing wrong with being a guy that can wrestle great matches. Agreed. I'll just say this. ROH NXT, he wasn't that guy. There is in the Supremes, there's Diana Ross and there's the other two chicks that most people can't even remember who their names. Darling okay. Love. There's nothing wrong with being the Supremes. 
Okay, <laughs> you might not just be that guy. Yeah, Adam that's how Cole, me and baby. Zach feel about BFR. Like, there's nothing wrong with being the other two guys. There's Jason Cornelius <laughs> Bell. <laughs> I, was getting ready to say, guys. I was getting ready to say, I have no problem just being in the back, just harmonizing it with the wind. <laughs> Against the wind? Damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to that three counts. Uh, so, I guess for the three counts... I'll, I'll flip. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let's do. You go. Let's do Wrestle Kingdom. Hang on. Give me 30 seconds. And. Now, we don't have to do our predictions for Wrestle Kingdom. I've. I, I, I got to admit. No, let's just. Let's cut to, like, the big shit. You okay. know what I'm saying? All right. All right. All right. Night one. Shibata has got TBA. Two beer, you weren't here last week when he, uh, Bill kind of embarrassed me with my lack of knowing knowledge. Who do you think TBA is going against Shibata? Now, this is a match where there's no striking. It's going to be basically chain wrestling, the whole shebang. Who do you think they can get in to face Shibata for night one? Um, I don't know if they're going to in like a surprise or if you know it's just going to be because it's an exhibition match it could be somebody that's like already on the card we already saw him and Zach do it and it was really good I think another person that would be fantastic would be Suzuki um, and he's not like doing particularly much so mm. I mean, that would be a big he might me. be in that I guess, you know, pre-show rumble or whatever the case may be. But as I'm looking at the card, he's not on anything else that's... Nope, he's not on anything else that's listed. Let's go like that. You're thinking Suzuki? If I was picking, that's who I'd pick. Okay, fair that's enough. Okay, so let's go with uh, title matches from this point on. Uh, you got Ishii. As the champion, the Neverweight champion versus uh, Evil with probably Dick Togo in the corner. Hard to pick against Evil with Togo in the corner here. I God, I, I want to hate. I want to punch you right now. Why? Because I fucking hate House of Torture. This stupid. Yeah, but why do you want to punch me? I didn't create House of Torture. <laughs> but you're getting ready to pick Evil. At least like you feel like you're getting ready. Yeah, to pick I'm evil. Gonna, I, of course I'm going to pick Evil. Like obviously they've had a lot of uh, momentum behind Evil for a long time. They love Evil. Whoever whoever they is, it's not going to be Ishi. It's going to be Evil. It's 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 a match that's going to be fun. <laughs> that I would love to watch. All kinds of fuckery. Yeah, it's just... Listen, my thoughts on evil are well-documented on this podcast. It's just, they there's too much fuckery. It's not why I watch New Japan, so I'll pick evil. Tell me who you got. Dude, I just can't stand evil either, but I almost like can't ever like bet against him. Um, it's super annoying. I don't want to want to want to pick him. I don't like I don't like this at all. But yeah, probably. 
I'm gonna take Ishii. Fuck you guys, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the underdog. Good for you. Good for you. I'm gonna take Fuck the underdog. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I really think He's all bullshit up. all bullshit aside, I think Ishii's gonna make this shit happen. Okay, a tag team title match. You got Dangerous Techers. Uh obviously that's uh Taishi Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Chaos being Goto and Yoshihashi. Uh, Chaos, Yoshihashi, and Goto won the World Tag League, so they have this match coming up. I'll start first. I'm not a huge fan of Chaos. I'm not going to sit up here and say that they're my favorite tag team by any stretch of the imagination, but it almost kind of feels like they're getting ready to do this. I'm going to take Chaos to win the tag team titles. Who you got? You know what's weird about the G1 is that there are matches between people that you expect to be great matches, like Okada and Shingo and, you know, all the big big hitters. But what I tend to remember from the G1 are my favorite surprise matches, like the Tai Chi versus Ibushi match where they only kicked each other. Right. Or the Yoshihashi versus Goto match that might have been quietly one of the better matches. And I won't say it was the best match of the G1. It was the one that surprised me the most and the one that I remember the most. Like, that, I guess that's just the way my brain works. Chaos has had a hot year in 2021. Yoshihashi and Goto had one of my favorite matches of the G1. And... I still can't see them winning over the dangerous techers. <laughs> I'll take the dangerous techers just just because anybody else I would root for Yoshihashi. You want to root for chaos, but you you're going to take the techers. Ah, well, I Tai Chi and Zack Saber Junior. They're my guys, so I'll, I'll take. Dangerous you're welcome techers. for Zack Saber Junior. By the way, Tuber here you what? got. How how many times do I have to apologize for that? All the time. (laughs) (laughs) What you got, Tubier? Um, I think the odds are in Chaos's favor. I mean, oftentimes uh, the World Tag League winners do go on to win the titles. And I think that Yoshihashi, um, you know, the game was first felt this year with the trios. And I think this would be a big moment for him. Um, it ultimately doesn't matter. Um, you know, unfortunately, those belts are just not that prestigious. And the program, even though the matches are often good, the programs are just not always great. Um, and the Techers have been kind of that throughout the, the pandemic. They've just been that, those belts, like right. pretty much since, the stadium show, whatever, Abushi and um, uh, uh, Tanahashi lost. Um, you know, we had those guys for a little while, but mm-hmm. it's been the Techers, like, since last summer. So I just think it'd be kind of fun, um, if for no other reason, given, you know, their WrestleMania moment, you know, their Wrestle Kingdom moment. True story. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. That is, that's a really good point because I haven't been watching New Japan that long, but for me, Goto hasn't had his Wrestle Kingdom moment. Yoshihashi definitely hasn't had a, re- a Wrestle Kingdom moment. Yeah, that totally makes sense. See, thank you. You make me feel better about my shit. Next up is uh, Desperado uh, versus uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Hiromu Takahashi winning the best of Super Junior, so he has this 
opportunity. He stepped right on up and said he won his shot against the champ. Desperado is in the way. <sighs> so much shit going on. I'll be quick. I said, I've been calling Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, yeah, let's try this again. Hiromu Takahashi as going to be the next champion. It's literally set up in front of me. It's teed up. I'm going to take Takahashi as the winner. Two beer, who you got? I'm pretty much never betting against Takahashi. Um, total superstar. Um, this is pretty much his division. Everybody else is just in it. Um <laughs> True story. No, I'm I'm really actually waiting for him to the main event one night at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I don't think there's nothing to disagree with with what Jack with what Zach just said. It's Hiromu's. I mean, it's his division. I'll is take, it, I'll take Takahashi. T- is it his title to lose? Yes. Even though it's not his title, I'll take Takahashi. In the main event, we got Shingo Takahashi versus. Kazuka Okada. Interesting. Uh, Shingo Tagagi. Look, man, you can take over when you want to. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. You stoned? <laughs> and drunk, man. Back up. So now. I just, uh, now there's, like, there's too many Takahashi. Right. Obviously, Shingo being the champ, Okada winning the G1. The winner has Will Ospreay on night two. Shingo. Okay. Um, two beer. Who you got? One, one word answer. One word answer. We'll just make it quick. Shingo. I'll take Shingo as well. We'll go night two. And... Nope, 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 nope. Um, Kenta versus uh the Ace. <laughs> Kenta versus Tanahashi in a no DQ match for the U.S. title. Bill, one word answer. Who you got? Kenta versus who? Tanahashi. For the what? The ace. The U.S. title. No DQ. One word answer. Kenta. Two beer, who you got? Kenta. I'll take that. I'll take Tanahashi. Main event. So now we all said that Shingo is going to win night one. So we're going to play that game. Shingo versus Will Ospreay. I'll just say this is for the undisputed IWGP championship. One word answer. Two beer Zach Pullman. In this episode, Shingo versus Will Ospreay. Who you got? I'm going to go Will. Um, I think the reason... No, 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 no. Okay, go ahead. Let the man talk. Fine. I forgot we were doing one word answer. Um, I was just thinking it out in my head. Uh, Why do you think Will Ospreay's going to win? Go ahead. uh, So I think Shingo's going to win the first night just so we get Shingo Will. Even though Okada Shingo and Okada Will are also great... um, like the match, I think that everybody really wants is another Shingo Will match, and I just see Will taking that. You know, we've had Shingo really just carrying this company as a total workhorse for a good good chunk of time, and I, I think we just add a new dynamic to uh, the product. Um, you have this 
you know, guys mean heel champion and, um, you know, Will is someone who is more likely and kind of fits in better if you're, if you are doing cross promotional stuff in the United States. Uh, Shingo is great, but it's like you can't come over and talk. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think it's going to be Will. I'll agree with you on that. Especially with Will Ospreay win with uh, New Japan Strong, I think that's a it's an amazing call. I wouldn't be surprised if Shingo won. I wouldn't be surprised if Okada won both matches. But ultimately, Will Ospreay, if you're thinking long term programming, long term booking, might be the way to go. The most exciting way to go is to be is to have Will Ospreay walk out of Wrestle Kingdom the champion. That's the most exciting way to go because he's he's clearly made himself a heel over the last year or so, maybe the last year and a half. Everywhere you want to look. Shingo is clearly a babyface. Okada, Okada, been there, done that. And it is time for something exciting. And it is time to kind of shake the last year and a half off. I mean, Will Ospreay never lost his belt. That's the only reason I want to lean towards Will Ospreay because he never lost. He never lost his belt. So, I mean, really, shoot style, he should he should lose it to Shingo. I mean, Shingo Takagi has been a great champion. He's been a good champion. He, I mean, he he's beat Shingo, he, correct? He yes, okay. he's, he's had go. incredible matches. Of course, I love Shingo. Of no, I just I no, no, no. I just just for connecting the dots. If he, but ultimately, he I root Shingo. for the white guy. <laughs> <laughs> Move along, motherfucker! Before we get into a fight tonight. But no, I think that Will Osprey as the mega heel makes the most sense. I don't have a problem with that. He's in Japan right now. He can stay in Japan. And then we can start moving forward from that point on. All right. That'll do it for our three counts. There you go. We got some picks to go here, guys. All right. So let's start off with New Year's Evil. Zach, I'll let you go first. Uh, we'll start with uh, AJ Styles versus Grayson Waller. They had a fun segment. They've had a couple fun segments. And you know what? I like NXT bringing somebody down from the main roster to have a match with somebody that they put a lot of faith into. Zach, do you know you who Gra- Yeah, do you know who Grayson Waller is? I actually do. Um, he's the guy whose whole gimmick is being like a social media uh, guy with a lot of followers. And Jason literally has more followers on just one of his accounts. Hot fire! But but yeah, I got AJ. Like AJ ain't there to put the guy over. He's there to get him over, but he ain't putting him over. What do you got, Jason? I, I would love to piggyback on to be on that, but this is NXT. This is Bizarro World. 
what I used to know is not what I'm used to know. I'm taking Grayson Waller. Yeah, I agree with Zach. I could see it go either way, but I really can't see AJ Styles jobbing the Grayson Waller, a guy that nobody had ever heard of like four months ago. AJ Styles has never been in NXT, just for the record. That's the that's the main reason why I'm taking Grayson Waller. It's a new XT. This is the reboot. What used to be ain't what it's going to be right now. Fair enough. Uh, next up, we have... can't even read my handwriting. Jesus Christ. Cora Jade and Rachel Gonzalez. Oh, or yeah. Cora Jade, Rachel Gonzalez, and Mandy <laughs> <Rachel>. Rose. <laughs> Cora Jade. <laughs> He's fucking up English. Okay. So that, makes me, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Mandy Rose, Cora Jade, and Raquel Gonzalez. So least to most. I'll let you go first, Jason. Least to most, I will go um I'll go Cora Jade one. I'll go with Raquel Gonzalez two and Manny Rose obviously should retain. She's over here booking matches, so I mean there's no way in the guy's green earth she ain't gonna win this match. I mean, what the fuck? Uh I will go the exact same. I, uh, no, you know what? I'll put Cora Jade two. Look at you. And I'll Shake put Raquel I'll put Raquel Gonzalez as the least most. Look at you. The least most. Uh, She's Zach, gonna what go do you say? to uh, Royal Rumble? Probably. Okay. They, they know, got 30 uh, chicks. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to. They're hey, all gonna be the hey, Royal Rumble. You're gonna have some work. <laughs> fly a book. Book a flight to uh, the SCL. I'll see you here in like three weeks, four weeks. <laughs> Where whatever. are you going, Zachary? They're gonna bring back the. Uh, the big hog. Or was that guy that won Money in the Bank? Um, Otis? The girl's Money in the Bank? No. Otis. Oscar? No, the, the guy that won the girl's Money in the Bank. Santino. The no, hog. no. Uh, James Ellsworth. Ah, yeah. Ellsworth. He, that's his women. Oh, man. Bank. He deserves it. <laughs> You're welcome but, for James uh, Ellsworth. Guys paid his dues. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... The uh, uh, dude, uh, I, I don't know, it just depends. I guess, um, you know, if Cora Jade can get a roll up and win, because that's like her move, but um, you know, I don't see her winning, so I'll put her at the bottom. I see Raquel going up sooner rather than later, so yeah, I'll go Cora Jade least, Raquel second, Mandy retained, even though it's super dumb. For a heel champion to decide that they want a three-way. Thank and, you. Um, Thank you. Oh, Jesus Christ, Bill. Seriously? I can't read my handwriting. Let's go with <laughs> Brian Breaker versus Ciampa? No, no, no. I was or so, dare I, was dare I, say, I was sober, too. Dare I say Carmelo versus Roddy? Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Carmelo Hayes versus Roddy Strong. Jesus Christ. I'll go, I'll go first. Please. I'll, okay. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Can we talk about this this contract signing? Malcolm Bivens. The shit. That was the best contract signing 
in WWE in the last 10 years. Nobody nobody touched, but they talked a bunch of shit. <laughs> and I loved it. But when when Malcolm Bivens was translating black speak <laughs> for Roddy Strong, and Roddy Strong was saying shit back to Malcolm Bivens, who was saying shit to Carmelo Hayes, and it didn't end up being offensive. There was nothing offensive about it. It was just pure comedy. That's that's the one reason I want to watch NXT moving forward. Okay, and it's getting ready to end. So now it's another reason why I can't watch NXT moving forward. That I'm taking was a, strong. I'm taking Carmelo. There is no there. Who's in the who's a cruiserweight in the NXT at this point? There's well, nobody. I mean, they're. Carmelo. They're, they're unifying the belts. Carmelo. I'm taking Ronnie Strong. Who you got, Zach? Um, I've got Carmelo Hayes. I and then so yeah. The, the two oh five belt just goes away entirely. Zach, did you watch that segment between Malcolm Bivens and Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes with Roddy Strong sitting there? I didn't, but I heard Bivens was fantastic. Dude. So I'm, it, I'm was, it, it is comedy it fucking was central. Incredible! Oh my god! The best thing I saw all week. <laughs> it was the best thing I saw all week. <laughs> I, I'm rewinding at least two or three times. Right. Like, is this happening? We have MSK and Riddle versus Walter and Imperium. I was hoping this would be a Riddle Walter match. Of course, of course. Hopefully, we get there someday. <laughs> yeah, right. But. It's not a bad No, uh, it's, not it's a, bad a, it's a nice consolation match. Bro. Yeah. Who you got, Jason? Uh, I'm going to take Imperium on this. You're not going to bring Walter over here and, and not put them over. Real is going back to the main roster. There's no title match. There's no championships for it. This is a good time, a great time to put Imperium over. I'll take Imperium. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't have said it better. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Zach, what do you think? I agree. My nigga. I am looking forward to Imperium and Matt Riddle, or sorry, Walter and Matt Riddle standing in the ring together. I would love to see them do 40 minutes together, like Tyler Bate and Walter, or Igor, or what's his name? Igor. Dragonoff. Dragonoff. <laughs> Dragonoff. You knew what I was talking about. And then we have Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker for Z Belt. I'm going to go first because I don't know what I'm going to say here. I'm going to talk myself through it, right? Talk yourself through it. Braun Breaker still seems a little too early, and Tommaso Ciampa still seems a little too... Not a little too, but he seems so confident in... He, like... It makes more sense to have somebody carry the fire through the darkness you know like i just watched the road and no country for old men like you have to carry the fire through the darkness and braun breaker's not the guy to do that i'm going with tomaso champa uh zach you can go next uh i am going braun breaker i think it would surprise me a lot if champa won and i mean i feel that feel and everything but this is just not the brand that it once was and I think really uh, that's Champa's job right now is to put this guy over and uh, kind of remove some of the last vestiges of the black and gold brand and what else and that's why I'm picking Braun Breaker 
<laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the day one-ish. That's some great shit. Bye, there you go. Okay, we got Cesaro and Ricochet versus uh, Rich Holland and Sheamus in the match that means a whole bunch. Uh, what do you think, Jason? They made. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to say this. I'm surprised they made this a match. It really doesn't matter. I'm taking... <laughs> Uh, the heels on this one I didn't even know this was a match I swear to God I'm taking the heels too yeah. What do you think Zach? I didn't know this was a match and <laughs> Good. I will take whoever Whoever is not Cesaro and Ricochet Because that just sounds like a losing team I'm going to tell you phenomenal wrestlers. God damn That's why Tony Scor- That's why Tony Storm quit Right there Right fucking there Go ahead all right, this is the other big match. McIntyre mm-hmm. versus Madcap Moss. Jesus Christ. I'll take McIntyre. Who you got, Jason? Do I have to add Drew? Okay, fine. I'll be the, like the cops. You got the confession. Zach? Dude, that's a, that's a pay-per-view, man. Right. That's the start of the 20, 20, 22 year. It's Madcap Moss. Versus Drew McIntyre, man, you listen. I wonder, you, you I can wonder be, why you can be I in some feuds. You can be in some feuds that aren't that big of a deal until you get back to the it's, big it's deal. It's Mad Cat Moss, dog. It's Mad Cat Moss. That's all I'm gonna say. I'll call him Red Moss. Who you got, uh, Zach? No, fuck that. He's like, if he's not retribution, he's one step away from retribution. Uh, if Drew McIntyre doesn't win this, that's bonkers. I put Zach down for a Mad Cat Moss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, we got some belts coming up here. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. I'll I- go first. No, I'll go first because I've been I've been the huge sure. huge proponent. Oh, not even proponent, just antagonistic there's no way Liv Morgan wins shit I can see Liv Morgan winning this shit now especially when Tony Storm leaves you can do this before Wrestlemania I'll take Liv Morgan Jesus Christ I'm taking Becky Lynch uh, because I'm not an insane person Uh, what do you think Zach (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say it was the lock of the week I said I'll take Becky or I'm saying I'll take Liv Morgan not a yeah, good pick. I got oh, I know you ain't talking. I know you ain't talking. Who you got, Zach? Let's do it. That'd be cool. You're taking Becky, correct? But who are you taking? Taking Becky. Okay, you broke out a little bit. I just wanted to make sure we got you on record. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that we had you on record. Okay, uh, let's go to... I really can't read my own. Jesus Christ, dude. I know. Seriously? How old am I? Oh. You're you're younger than me. Street Profits versus RK Bro. Now, the conversation is, do you expect them to go ahead with the RK Bro breakup right here? I do not. I'm taking RK Bro. Tubier, go ahead. I have RK Bro just because they're at 
and I think that they've got life in that act. They'll eventually break them up because they won't be able to stop themselves. But uh, I've got. I think it's not the time. First off, I'm gonna take RK Bro. I think I agree with everything the two beer said. Well, it's there's, not, nothing that, there's nothing else up to say then. No, there's no. I'll, I'll wait then. That's fine. I'll wait. What were we gonna say? No, I'll wait till the birthdays. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, no, say it. RK Bro wins. I agree with two beer. There's no reason to take it off him at this point. If you wanted to do it, you do it at closer to WrestleMania, post Royal Rumble, blah blah blah. Edge versus the Miz. Who you got? Edge. I'll take the Miz. Who you got, Zach? Wow. Um, I got Edge. Over here talking about my bad picks. I see this going for at least two more matches, and I wouldn't be surprised if I... They're getting a lot of juice out of it, bro. Royal Rumble. You ain't got to get juice out of this. I don't have to explain myself to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, boss. Go ahead. Okay. In a, a very fresh matchup, <laughs> we have the Usos versus the New Day. I'll go first. I. Man. Right. I'm going to say New Day. Because I see this only adding into the bloodline bullshit. I'm going New Day. What do you say, Jason? It would be hard for me to pick against the bloodline when this is a day one uh, pay per view. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Usos on this one. There's it doesn't matter ultimately. I mean, both teams are good, and you can lead either team forward. But it's a fresh matchup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've never seen it before ever. Uh, who you got, Zach? Uh, I got the Usos just because it's almost like picking Roman by proxy. Fair enough. Uh, we have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Another fresh one. Another fresh one. Another fresh one. But I mean, it, it's no. I, all both, all jokes aside, it is fresh in the sense that it's the role reversal. Heel Roman versus He's a Vincel. I know I know you ain't talking. (laughs) I was about to say rewind that shit like a a hour ago. You was over here defending WWE as sword and shield. Oh, it's a yeah, it's a fresh matchup. Reigns versus Lesnar. Yeah. Go ahead. It's fresh in the sense that it's the role reversal and Paul Heyman is in the middle. All that being said, I'm going to trust my gut. I'm taking Roman Reigns. It feels like he still has to retain, and then you move it over to WrestleMania and have Brock win it. I'm taking Roman Reigns also for the exact same reasons. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Uh, I, I don't know. You know what? I think I'm going to go out on I'm going to say Brock. Do it! Yeah. Do I, it! I mean, I... I was pretty close to saying Brock, but Heyman is the wild card. That means Heyman would have to be have to turn face. Heyman is not advertised as being in either man's corner, so Heyman is he's going, in NXT trying to figure out his next move. All right, so here we go. So you have to go least to most. Okay. We have Biggie, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley. 
I'll go first. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm going KO least. Seth Rollins second least. Big E third, and I'm taking Lashley to win. Did not see that coming. Uh, Two beer, do you want to go? You want me to go? Uh, you go ahead. What do you think I was going to say? It, definitely not that. Um, I'll agree with you with KO being least likely. Um, wow. Um, I'll go Seth, number two. I will go Lashley three, and then I will take Big E to retain. I said it. I'm on record. He goes at least through Royal Rumble. Let's see who he has at WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble runner gets Big E in my projections, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Zach, you're going last for the last pick of the night. Uh, least to most. Yes. Um, KO, Lashley, Rollins, I I think that Zach is counting on that Vince can make a WrestleMania match between two strong black men that that does not have a belt between them, (laughs) which I got to admit, I respect. So what what is that? It's Lashley versus... I mean, I think it's going to be Lashley versus Big E at WrestleMania. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what that, for that's the title. Actually, yes, that's what I'm pushing for. That, so, what, what's Brock doing? I don't know something with something with Reigns. I guess I don't know. Okay, I think Lashley versus Big E is a pretty big match that they could probably sell the fuck out of. Lashley versus Brock is the the match that Lashley wants. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm not know. saying. Look, I'm not saying it's it's going to be a five star classic, but if you need to fill this WrestleMania two day card, might be something to go with. This is banned from ringside. All right, we got some birthdays this week. Not a whole lot. Uh, Ray Phoenix. Do you want to guess how old Ray Phoenix is? Half of my age is... <laughs> I'm going 28. 31. Uh, and Danny, that's not half Danny my Danny Birch, age. friend of the show, uh, is 40. Jimmy Hart. Mouth of the South. 77. Jim J.R. Ross is 69. Good to have you back, back from J.R. Cancer. Yeah, yeah, back from cancer. You know... Uh, I, uh, CM Punk called him the best to ever to ever do it. He's probably right when you're talking about play by play. All time, yeah. I'd say JR's the no. best. I'd say JR's the best play by play guy to ever do it, and that Bobby Heenan's the best color guy Cal- to ever do yeah. it. Right? They were. If you had to do a nice one-two punch, yeah, Bobby Heenan has to be on there. He is comedy central. And then Chris Canyon, R.I.P., would have been fifty-one. Shout out to Matt. Thanks for calling me 20 in my uh, age for the birthdays. 
you're good. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We know there's lots of podcasts to listen to. For Vice, me and Vice had some real quality time this week. God bless you, bro. We really check did. and check. Good shit, Vice. For Murray the Man Murray, for Lutricris, for Sideways in Time, Check. for Patriot Pat. Check. Hey, look. For Two Beer Zach Pullman, Check. for Jason Cornelius Check. Bell, I am Bill Vega, and everybody never forget to boo the heels. Happy New Year's, bitches.